Is this going to be loud? <laughs> I, I never know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? This beer is going to lead you? Whatever happens. All right, go ahead. I'm ready for the I volume. don't think it's going to be too loud. Okay. <laughs> <Find out. laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, no. What's he doing? Oh, he's climbing up to the top rope. Here comes a flying elbow. It's Nacho Mama's Christine Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Nacho Mama's Christian Podcast. The Christian Podcast. I did not take itself too seriously. I was stumbling over my words there. This is your host, Shane. Welcome, everybody. Here with my brother, Eric. Two things. Yeah. A- answer them in any order you want. Why? <laughs> Why the wrestling? We, we didn't talk with Chris about wrestling. There's nothing to do with wrestling, number one. Number two, um, how are you still stumbling over your words 151 episodes in? That's the first time I've ever stumbled over that my words no in the intro. I would sometimes I'd just go a little too fast. The excitement, <laughs> the excitement is there. Your, Second, Your tongue can't keep up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Second, I did the wrestling intro because I thought you would like it. It was for you for Ew, once. Gosh. For once. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, that's what you did? <laughs> I know. Everybody knows how that much you love wrestling. <laughs> everybody, everybody knows how much you love wrestling. And I thought... You know what? Eric complains about my intros all the time. Let me try to give him. Let, I don't, me, let me give him a. I don't love. I never really watch it. The only thing I watch is Botchamania. You ever watch Botchamania? Oh, that's that YouTube thing where it shows when they mess up? Yeah, all the time. I've not watched it. It's but awesome. You, you told me about it. I was it. actually watching it before you came here. <laughs> I was eating lunch. <laughs> On a Tuesday afternoon? Aren't you supposed to be working? Well, I was waiting for you and you'd be here any minute. So I was eating. So I was like, I'm just going to put this on while I'm waiting for you. I only watched five minutes of it. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll finish it, though. Don't worry. I'll finish <laughs> Don't it. Don't worry. I'll finish it. Hey, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Do you remember being in a band? Do I? Do you ever like daydream about going back to those days? Well, yeah, but like for a number of reasons. Why? One, you don't care about your family anymore? Wow. Is that why? Because <laughs> you, you, you regret not. the family you have no. because of the band you wanted to be in? No, of course not. Just because of the age that we were was um, also kind of fun. We didn't. We all worked like really crummy jobs, which that part wasn't fun. We didn't really make any money. I, well, we were working Sabaros, Ronald Mills Mall at the time, those sort of, those sort of jobs. Yeah, bagels, stores. Yeah, yeah. but... We also like had no real responsibility. You know what I mean? We could just do we go to school in college or whatever, work a job that you make 750 an hour, few days a week for a few bucks in your pocket, but then you get to hang out with your friends all the time. Try to find a girlfriend. Yeah, try to find a girlfriend. Keep a girlfriend. <laughs> try to find a way to pay for, to go out on a date with your girlfriend, <laughs> all those sort of things. Like that was I mean that time of life. Here's here's the way I put it. I I would never want to be a teenager again but there are aspects about that age where i'm like man that 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 part of it was really fun playing I, in a band is one of those i the only thing i wish that i did was back when we were playing in a band not that our band was any good right mm-hmm. but we i had fun doing it i think if we had committed more as in like this is what we're trying to do yeah we could have done enough to be a really broke band that toured uh-huh like we would never make any money, yeah. I don't think. Um, and never, I didn't say we'd be on a record label or anything like that. But I think we could have done enough to like have like a couple years where it's like, oh, we got to like go to a bunch of places and play, right? And we slept on a lot of floors and barely ate, but we did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish we did that. We never, we did that for two weeks, <laughs> kind of, kind of. Yeah, we had um, it was buddies of ours that we were trying to go out on the road with for two weeks. Another band, another band, and 
we were trying to figure out how how many shows we're going to set up. And um, out of the two weeks, I think we set up six of them, uh huh, and they set up one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was not a lot. <laughs> no, I remember being like, "What the heck?" So we like literally went home for like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how far did we go? I think we went as far down to North Carolina. And we're from Maryland. Yeah, we're in the. And then we went up to area. Philly. Yeah, um, but it was just like an East Coast, mid Mid Atlantic area ish. We didn't go very play far. Whatever, at all. Sh- whatever shows people would let us play. And basically. why? Why would anybody in North Carolina come to see us? Nobody knew who we were, right? Yeah. What were some? Okay, we had a couple shows that were good though. Yeah, on, on that tour. Yeah, we played like at a skate park. That was fun. Like that when you're that small, like a local band, and then you try to travel anywhere outside of your local area mm-hmm. to play shows. You need something like that where it was like at a skate park, and there were just people there not to see you, but for something else. Or you needed to be opening for a local band that was that. Gonna bring people. Yeah, and then and then they just see you, and then and then maybe they like you, and then maybe buy a sticker or a CD or a T-shirt or yeah, something like yeah. that. And then maybe they remember you, and hopefully next yeah. time you come back in town or whatever. Not that we ever did, but right. yeah, we did a couple that was like basically if people watched us, we were happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no matter how yeah. many it was there, um, we did do one show. It was in North Carolina. That was the furthest one, like in the mountains, like the Smoky Mountains. It was a very very small town that I guess closed at two p.m. <laughs> because we got there and it was like nothing's open. <laughs> this is a like I didn't. Did you see another person? No. Like, what is this? There's nowhere to go. The There's boonies. nowhere to eat anything. Um, the venue was cool, but we found out that it was us, the band we were touring with, and three or four other touring bands, not yeah. one local band. Right. So who's going to come to this town to see five out-of-state bands? I'll tell you, four people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was mostly other bands watching, and it was like four or five other people showed up. Yeah, yeah. And that just that's just part of it when you are a touring tiny local band yeah that that trying to figure out how how you make it we slept do you remember where we slept most of the time on just people's floors people's floors there was another there were some other friends of ours that um were a touring band that were out of town Mm -hmm. and they just let us go and crash at their house and they weren't there yeah that was nice we knew them but we knew them that well yeah (laughs) we could have really messed things up i remember we crashed there um and then what was the last show of that two-week mini tour called so it was back home in Maryland, and it was called Savage Fest. Savage Fest. <laughs> that's, what, that's, how, that's what we called it. We assumed it was going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, we assumed that. But here's the thing. It was in a town called Savage, Maryland. We <laughs> so, were thinking that it was like, this music is savage. And that's not... <laughs> the thing is, though, Savage, Maryland is not that far away from where we were even from. Like, we should have known. Like, hearing Savage Fest, we thought that it was going to be like a hardcore show. It wasn't. It was like a farmer's market <laughs> in Savage, Maryland. Yeah. And we were a, like, post-hardcore band. Yeah, so we we're, like, screaming and all screamed. Stuff. And also. I remember there were just, like, old people sitting there in lawn chairs, like, in the yeah. middle of this town with like people selling produce the band we played with was not hardcore at all they were very more like chill yeah. type band they were much more accepted yeah they played first and while they were playing we're just watching and we're like you know we aren't we aren't playing <laughs> we're not going up there yeah because we knew that everyone would hate it uh-huh all they'd be doing be doing the whole time we're up there is trying to figure out a way to get us to stop yeah <laughs> so it would be rough so we're like oh this is a great way to end us literally not playing yeah just we just went home. Yeah, it was tough, and we it's, didn't. And then we we didn't watch the rest of our friends' bands. We've seen them so many times. We're like sick of seeing them. We're like, them. hey, we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only show they got us. It was uh, a Savage yeah. Fest one. 
thanks a lot, Anapra. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a terrible call. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the reason why we're talking about our glory days uh, <laughs> is because today we have an interview with, with Chris Ratzlaff. Did I say that right? I think so. His last name? We I never asked his last name. We yeah, call him we just call him Chris. We're but, on a first-day basis. Yeah. We need to call him but he's he's a lead singer from a band called False Star, which is great, a band that we really enjoy and and listen to, and we think that you should listen to as well. They're on Face Down Records. They just have a new had a new record come out called Sun Breather, which um, we talked to him all about, and he gives you information on how to find out more about them. But we wanted to spend some time talking to him about one, what is it like being a band in 2021 without COVID, and then in addition to that, what's it like trying to write music and and be a band that exists during COVID and all of these sort of things. So um, Chris gives some great insight into that and talks about what it's like being in a Christian band uh, in the world today. So let's get to our interview with Chris Ratzlaff. Sheltered. He's sheltered, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess I've never really been to the East Coast. I've been to New York for like forty-eight hours. Okay, but Chris, think, you're a, you're a rock star. How come you have how have you not toured at the East Coast yet? <laughs> uh, we just never went northeast. So we've been to like Florida and Georgia. Mm, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Virginia or South yeah. Carolina, something. Yeah. One of those coast states. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right over there. Both both of those are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we've never hit Northeast for some reason. It's yeah, we just never toured that way. Man, we well, got to get to Baltimore, man. You got to get into Maryland. That's where we're at. <laughs> Do you like crab cakes? You ever had a crab cake? Yeah, I like crab cakes. You haven't, but you've never been to Baltimore, so you don't. You haven't had like a good crab <laughs> yeah. cake. That's what we're known for. <laughs> hey, Chris, your your band Fall Star. You're in a band with your brothers, right? Yeah, with my younger brother, Brian, and then um, Cody and Morgan, who aren't my brothers. Okay. But my twin brother used to play bass with us. So we do a podcast together. We're brothers. We're not twins, mm-hmm. even though we look like it, but we're brothers. And I know how hard it is to be with your brother. <laughs> um, so how, how is that, uh, doing it with your brother? Um, well, my twin brother, I don't think he... He doesn't... Mm, he doesn't like working with people, and neither do I. <laughs> so that's kind of trickier. But then my younger brother Brian is really chill. Yeah. And like for the band, like I, I mostly just do everything. So like, and everybody kind of just trusts what I do. 
Mm-hmm. So it's really easy. Mm-hmm. But before, like, we have the lineup that we've had for the last six or seven years, it was really, really tough because it was more democratic. Yeah. So it just things took forever. And, like, we didn't have, like, a direction with our music. Mm-hmm. And things got way more streamlined once we just narrowed it down to be like, okay, I'll pretty much just do everything. Yeah. So now, do you ever get frustrated or you prefer to – it sounds like you prefer to do everything – by yourself but is there ever times where you're like man i wish somebody would help me with this yes okay yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) if you had someone else who had the same exact mindset as you but could also take things off your plate right yeah okay and for this last record i actually reached out to a bunch of people to like try and help me out with like just bouncing ideas off people and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's not like people were writing with me but I just got to know some more friends in the local area who are doing really cool music. And I just made this text thread with maybe 10 people. And I just was like, Hey, I'm sending to this email, like, let me know your thoughts. And so we did a lot of back and forth that way. And that felt a lot better because the album before was just strictly by myself. Like I'd send it to the band guys, but they'd get back to me every now and then if, you know, sometimes they wouldn't. So (laughs) it was nice to have other songwriters who are actively pursuing the craft of writing songs to give give me feedback. Yeah, um, your yeah. al your newest album is called Sunbreather, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's we love it. It's yeah, awesome. It's awesome. Cool. Actually, you. I even told I think I told you over email, but when Jameson texts me about it, sometimes he texts me about bands I where where I'm 35 now, so I'm, I don't get into the bands like I used to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, every once in a while, text about a band I don't know, and I was like, I was actually just listening to this <laughs> album like not that long ago. So every once in a while, I was going to like. Face Down Records or Tooth and Nail or Solid Saint just look at bands yeah. and be like, oh, I don't know this band. Let me check it out. Um, yeah. So I was like, yeah, we'll have them on. But um, how was that writing process? Um, how long did it take? Um, and you were doing it during COVID. So how did all of that happen? Yeah, I well, I started trying to write music for the record in 2015. So our last album came out end of 2015. And so while that was in the process of being released, I started trying to write again. And I just couldn't write heavy music. Like, it was really hard for me. Like, I wrote 63 songs, Mm -hmm. and I ended up keeping one of those for this record, the Get Me Out song. Mm -hmm. And all the other ones I just scrapped. And, like, it was, like, not just, like, riffs or something. They were, like, full songs, like, skeletons of the songs, but Mm -hmm. with vocal melodies and Mm -hmm. music all done. But they just were so horrible. So then I just took a break, and I made that Northlander record that Face Down put down. So Mm -hmm. it's more, like emo or rock or something like that Mm -hmm. and then i did like a bunch of other projects and like i have a couple records that i've done like on my board that i could release but i don't know what i do with them (laughs) and they're really cool but i just don't know if i have the time because it takes forever to put out a record yeah yeah so i might just not do anything with them but it was (laughs) like i was able to get like those ideas out because i don't just do heavy and so it was nice to get those out of the way, and then I was able to get more ideas coming. Yeah, yeah. So, but the majority of that record was written in like 2019. Oh wow! So, this new one, yeah. Yeah. So, is that exhausting to write that many songs and then not use very many of them? Like, I, because I, I would I, now I've never written songs myself. We played music growing up in high school, but I was never. You're a pastor. You write like 20 sermons a week, and yeah. then you, you only use one of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, no. for real? No, no, no way. <laughs> Absolutely not. He barely writes the one. <laughs> I think Andy Stanley writes his sermon, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but writing that many songs, you said you wrote about 63 songs. 
and you and you use one of them on on the current record. Is that does that take so much out of you to write that much music and then feel like oh you know what I just don't like it this way or I need to change it? You did, you said that they were horrible yourself, which yeah you know. So how how is that is that emotionally draining for you? Um, in a way, yeah. The, the actual ideas are always there. Mm-hmm. So like I wake up in the morning and I'm singing a guitar riff or a vocal riff or like I'm in the shower, like all day long I have ideas. So I'm constantly like saving those as voice memos on my phone. So the ideas themselves come pretty easy, I think. But just sometimes they just don't flow well or something. So I guess it is frustrating if I can't get a, a winner and I know a winner pretty quick like mm-hmm. like I can build a song out on my phone before I put it into the computer but yeah I guess it's frustrating the frustrating part is not having one that sticks like if you listen to it a week later and you're like no this is really garbage but like but the idea part and the putting down ideas is not exhausting mm-hmm. like I could do that all day long and right, I just yeah. have a I, I just view them as pretty transient like like, I don't view ideas as my babies. I'm just like, I'll try, you know, hundreds of them. And mm-hmm. I think I've probably written and forgotten more songs than a lot of people will ever write in their life. Yeah. And, like, it just is part of the process for me. So I don't get attached to ideas. That's good. I've done that with guitars lately, too. I, I don't get attached to guitars. I just <laughs> sell through them and sell through them. And they've been part of my inspiration lately. So, like, last year I bought and sold 25 different guitars, but it helps me write different stuff. And then I make a little money, and then it helps pay for other stuff. And Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. What What are some of um, the themes that you hit on on, on Sun Breather? I know um, we were reading an article on mm-hmm. HM Magazine, right? Yep. Uh, talking about, like, mental health and... Mm-hmm. Um, police brutality, yeah, police brutality. Yeah. So protesting. Yeah, what are some of the things. themes that you've hit, and how have you seen people respond to those themes? Yeah, uh, the first one would probably be mental health because that was the first song we released talking about that. And I didn't think it would be that weird. I felt like it was destigmatized or something, but I think I was a little out of touch um, with what a lot of people were thinking. So there was a decent amount of negative feedback about that for mostly Christians just thinking like you should be trusting God to help with your depression or anxiety or mental health issues, which I thought was a pretty antiquated idea, but I guess it's still pretty prevalent for a a lot of the culture, but it was also nice this time around, like a lot of um, like fans of ours or people who watch our videos would handle the YouTube comments. So I (laughs) would really get on that much and like, they there was a lot of people explaining really well and i felt like i kind of stand back and the community was able to answer a lot of questions well but um there's been a couple people who have messaged me about how singing about that has helped them which i thought was really cool and one person um just this last week was talking about how like he um was always hesitant to try ssri medicine and he's been struggling with depression for years and years and his counselor had been trying to get him on it. And he just was like, no, I don't want to do that. Or I don't want to depend on that. And then he said the song really softened his heart to help him try it out. And he's been doing it for like a month and a half now. And he says, it's just like a night and day difference. Mm. And he was like, thanking me for putting that in. So that like warmed my heart. I was like, ah, oh, music helped someone. So like, <laughs> yeah. that was really cool to hear. Like that made like a lot of it just worth it for this just that one dude to kind of try it out 
Um, and then with the social justice stuff, it was just kind of, that was more like what I expected. Like, um, there is a decent amount of pushback and then a lot of agreement. So it's kind of like, cause we're, our music's in the Christian community. So I figured it would be pretty split down the middle and it, I think it was like, mm-hmm. I'm surprised we were kind of debating this too. And maybe you can chime in on this, but we, I was, I'm surprised that there's as much pushback for you guys being like a metalcore band. Like I know it's Christian band, so like mm. you're always going to have Christian evangelical stuff. I always get that. But I would think most people that are listening to the type of music you're putting out are, maybe it's, I'd be naive, is more like our wavelength of like, yeah. with those ideas or at least being accepting to the idea of it, even if you don't agree with it. Like I don't, I don't, under, we don't, we were kind of debating that. I wonder how bad it is because mm-hmm. you're still part of the Christian evangelical world, I guess, but people that I know that are against it the most don't listen to hardcore music. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. They were listening to Carmen and DC talk still. Right. So like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. What do, do you find that? Or do you feel like just the, the trolls are the loudest or you feel like it's like, it's pretty split. Um, yeah, I would say it's kind of split just because in Christian hardcore, there is the vein of like, um, heavy worship is like a very which that is different mm-hmm. but i feel like a lot of the fans that are super into like the hardcore worship type stuff and want your lyrics to be really explicitly christian or really explicitly worship a lot of that demographic does want more of the black and white type of thinking okay. around like social justice or <sighs> maybe it's not split maybe it is those people are louder I but, feel like you would know more than me, so don't let me change it. <laughs> yeah, I see like like punk rock, definitely more yeah, like yeah, the okay. most accepting type version. But I feel like with metalcore and hardcore, it it is a bit more black and white than punk to me. I don't know. And I think that in that in that scene too, uh, in the metalcore scene, there there are people who who take hard stances. It's like a, yes. people are very passionate about what they believe in. And even if you get into like the straight edge community, right? And uh, mm-hmm. there are so many people who those communities can kind of blend where it's a very passionate opinion about mm-hmm. about what they believe. And it's and there's not much give or take. It's, well, this is the way it is. And this is what I believe. Yeah, and if sure. it isn't exactly what somebody is is talking about, then, then it can be that friction. And we also are on the East Coast. You're on the West Coast in Portland, which is, which is a, a two kind of areas where um, I think that the, the old school conservative Christian culture is more based in the middle of the country or more south or more south compared to the coast where you and i are where us us three all are kind of located not that you don't have people of all different walks of faith so like that's kind of the culture that we're kind of in and and i know out in portland too for sure but the problem is your music doesn't stay in portland (laughs) you guys are traveling all over the place so i'm sure that that would create some different uh different opinions that you would encounter yeah, it, it was it's very apparent like when we go to like the Midwest, mm-hmm. um like there was this one show, it was it was like uh I don't know, I don't think it was on Fourth of July, but it was like a show that was titled like it was like Celebrate America or something, or like <laughs> the America concert. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and like it was this band that we were touring with, it was their home show, 
And like, I kind of thought it was like joking or like kind of like <laughs> being funny, like celebrate America. And so like when we were playing, I was like talking, I was like, it's great to like, you know, the U.S. is awesome and stuff. But like I was just talking about like it's better. It's higher to have like faith in God over our country. And like I'm yeah. not loyal to the country. I'm loyal to like God and loyal to like helping others. And, certain <laughs> people. and like it was very like um it was like not good that I said that. And like, even like the previous band members that we had that were on the tour, they like talked to me like, you should not have said that. I was like, I said nothing <laughs> wrong. Just that cultural difference that like I forget about or like, yeah, yeah, the coasts are just different. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. As a pastor, we get that a lot too. I've had people ask me, Hey, can you make sure that you display the American flag on stage during church? And uh, the pastor I used to work for, he got that same question. He said, well, if we put the American flag up there, we got to put the flag of every country up there yeah. because it's not just, it's God doesn't belong to us. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's, it's, wow. it's crazy, man. It's tough. So pushing through all of that and, and still getting this record out with, with, I think very important topics that, that you all have talked about, and I'm appreciative that you have done that. Uh, but how have you seen the? You talked about the the one person where the the mental health things helped him along the way. But uh, when it comes to the social justice issues, have you had people talk to you and say, "Hey, this has helped me think through this process a little bit more at all"? Uh no, mm -hmm. not not explicitly. Mm -hmm. I kind of I kind of don't expect that. I feel like those kind of songs. Well, I don't expect them to change people's minds. I feel like those are like little, uh, not breadcrumbs that sounds like condescending, but like um, mm -hmm. little um, blips that maybe will heighten someone's awareness for further down yeah. the road. Because like I, I never expect to change someone's mind with something like that. But mm -hmm. for people who are aware of that sort of thing or are concerned with that that'll be like more encouraging for them yeah mm -hmm. i would hope but yeah for people who just disagree or kind of don't really care about that i hope that it's more of just planting a little seed or just like maybe that'll come up later and maybe they'll be more receptive to those sorts of ideas or those sorts of compassionate ways mm -hmm. of thinking later yeah so, yeah um yeah. being um a musician of like a metalcore band um, and I mean, a couple other bands, but, um, how does the business of being in a more indie type band, like, how are you able to provide for your family and do, cause I've, I remember when we were younger, we would see bands like as cities burn or mm -hmm. Norma Jean or those kind of bands. And we would think yeah. like, Oh, they're like, that's, that's the dream. If we could be like that. And then we yeah. read, and then we would talk to some of them or hear about it and be like, Oh, they were like eating for five bucks a day. Like they were barely making it and they had to stop because they couldn't afford it. So like, I am always curious of how, um, a band survives and is able to make money and provide for their family being in a band like yours. So, um, how, how do you do that? We, yeah, we definitely don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like we are like part of, a group of bands that exists now that couldn't have existed 10 years ago. Yeah. And I have a couple other friends that are in bands that do the exact same thing we do. And some are at a higher level than us. Some are lower, but they're still like making good music mm -hmm. on a, like a higher level. Like the, not like that, like that they can afford the recordings and mm -hmm. like the distribution that it's getting out there. Um, but I think it's like digital recording. It, the, 
like how it's cheaper nowadays, mm-hmm. how we're able to do that and how we're able to just go out and play some festivals and not have to be on the road like we used to be. Mm-hmm. But I, I, we don't make any money. Like it all goes back into um, paying for like some bills that we have as a band or for the next record or something. Mm-hmm. And we crowdfund all of our albums and okay. then the label like does all the publicity and stuff. So yeah, I mean, that's why we can't tour because we were, we were pay, playing for a hundred bucks a night for six yeah. years or, you know, yeah. so yeah. we just couldn't do it. Or wow. like you'd be gone for four months and then come back with like 1500 bucks and that'll just go back into the van. So, Good. so we're, yeah, we're, we're able to keep making music just because the fans will help support it. And because we all have regular jobs, like mm-hmm. I shoot wedding films and I like, that's my whole job. Yeah. Never like we'll play some festivals this year and we might do some runs for like five days, but mm-hmm. we probably will never tour like we used to ever again, but wow. we'll probably be make records for the rest of our life. So wow. <laughs> it's so interesting. How, how has COVID changed the way that, that you all operate as a band then? If, if, if anyway, nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. We don't even live next to each other. We never practice. <laughs> like if, <laughs> and like, I kind of like, I'm so tired of practicing like rehearsals and stuff and like we're so tight because we've played together for so long so if we have a little run or if we have a festival we just fly in mm-hmm. we practice for a day straight and like we have the set list ahead of time and then we go play and then we fly home yeah wow <laughs> so, when, yeah. Was la- when was the last time you played live <sighs> um oh, it's been a minute because of covid <laughs> so it's been- yeah <laughs> and even before I think it was Germany, like, when did the pandemic start? Was that 2020? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. like March of 2020. It was like a year ago, like right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think October 2019 we played. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm. You need to practice, Chris. You're not going to be able to (laughs) jump back out there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we will. I don't know. It's just like. It's it's more I don't know yeah there's no way we could practice on a regular yeah. basis and it's kind of fun not like it's more fun just getting back together rehearsing for a day mm-hmm. and yeah. going to play and coming back uh-huh. but the most exciting part about being in a band for me is like live shows are great too but like I just love writing yeah so like it's really hard to push a current record because like I'm already on to the next one and the writing is the most fun part for me. Yeah. So like I've already written 13 songs for the next record. I don't know how many I'll keep, but yeah. it's just like my favorite part of life. Mm. Yeah. That's you, awesome. Do you think that the, like the world we live in with streaming and Spotify and those kind of things, does that make it easier for a band like yours to keep going or does it make it harder? You think it's easier? Yeah. Way yeah. easier. Yeah. That's part of, us being able to keep going because like we'll get checks every month from spotify and that helps us keep going and like people buy a cd like you get ten dollars once and then that's Mm -hmm. it whereas like spotify you keep getting you know whatever 0.08 cents per stream but like that's for the rest of your career granted you stay relevant and like you have the spotify algorithm suggesting your songs from other artists and Mm -hmm. it can help keep you relevant and Mm -hmm. i'm so thankful that we live in the spotify world wow Wow. see that's interesting to hear because i've heard of so many other bands complain about it we heard Mm -hmm. we had um uh, Predator 6, Andrew Schwab one. Yeah. And he was about, he was kind of talking about, but he was saying how Spotify is like killing the music industry. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for bands their level for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and they, and they did grow up like they were. Their albums were like when in the nineties, yeah, like early two thousands. So yeah, mm-hmm. back then that was like the height of, especially yeah. Christian like hardcore metalcore for right, sure. Right. So yeah, it yeah, is surprising like to me. Six thousand records. Was it six thousand? That sounds way too much now. But I think at the height of Truthless Heroes on that first mm-hmm. tour they did with it, it was six thousand records a week. Oh my yeah. goodness insane so yeah they'll never do that again yeah. of course and they were on atlantic and for that album that was considered a flop mm-hmm. yeah yeah and they were like Atlantic was pissed about it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> which was wild so have, have you guys has false gotten into the the vinyl game at all because i know that some bands are that's that's another with so many vinyls coming back and so many people now are collect because i know for us for a while because we've we've we used to play in a band back in high school and stuff like that, but we loved going to concerts all our entire lives. And so, but then when Spotify came out, we were like, Oh wow, this is way cheaper for us. But then I also felt bad about not supporting bands that I liked as much. It's like, they're not mm-hmm. seeing as much money from me that they typically would have. Then when vinyls came back, I was like, Oh great. This is a way to yeah. again support bands like, like Fall star and like other bands who I know it would help. So who's had- the band we just discovered that was a face down record band oh shoot it's gonna bother atlas yeah atlas that was based on yeah Yeah. Yeah. we just figured them out and they're not even a band anymore right so like yeah yeah, so that's that kind of stuff and we both we both just bought their vinyl (laughs) like a couple of weeks ago (laughs) new repressing yeah 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 that's awesome yeah so yeah how, how, how does the vinyl game work for you guys uh yeah we this is our first vinyl we've ever pressed mm. for this one it's it's backordered like crazy i feel bad because the record's been out a month and we still have a month to go till the vinyl gets here yeah but we were we were gonna release our record in december and we ordered the vinyl back in october and since covid everybody's been pressing vinyl so mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna be six months october to end of march early april is when we're gonna get it oh so, wow yeah that was yeah. So wh- why does it take that long? Because I've had that's happened to me many times. Where I bought a vinyl and it took months after the release. I I bought Tiger Wine a long time ago mm-hmm. and it was oh, like nice. it was like six months after it came out that I got the vinyl. I was like, oh wow, it was a long time. I, I don't know if it was that long. It felt like a six months, but yeah. <laughs> it was long. It was months for sure. But I remember even emailing and be like, hey, where is it? So like, yeah, why does that that process take so long for the people that listen that or get mad at bands for not having the vinyl in time? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think a factory burned down this last year because there's not very many like Mm. and I think there's one here in the US, but most of the packages are made or the vinyls are pressed. I think it's in Europe. Mm. Like almost all the vinyl companies go through one factory. But every vinyl, every vinyl goes through that one company or that that one factory. Yeah. Yeah. There's like only a few factories and all the companies, all the vinyl vinyl companies go through the same manufacturers Mm. yeah so it's very small and i think with covid just everything got really really delayed yeah i think there was something about ours had to be here on a boat instead of flown this time for something (laughs) 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 but i think with the next record i just want to have everything in hand before we release it that would just be a nice treat because i feel like i see it all the time everybody's constantly waiting for vinyls Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know why. But we're happy that we can finally get a vinyl. And I think last year was the first year that vinyl overtook CDs in sales, which wow. is very exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, I don't buy CDs. I haven't bought a CD in yeah. forever. I've bought digital music, but not that much. But mm-hmm. then this year I've started getting into vinyl. And it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you Enjoy regret it. not getting into vinyl sooner like I do? Because now I have all these <laughs> CDs that are collecting dust. <laughs> I wish I had vinyls more. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so is is that a really good way to support Fallstar and other bands like you by buying vinyls? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's good. more fun because like when a band sells out of a variant, mm-hmm. then you compress a new variant, and that gives more opportunities for sale because like maybe someone wants all the variants of the one band, or like mm-hmm. you have like people who are like just completionist collectors so they want everything from it and like that's fun for them and it's fun for the band to see it sell out and then Mm -hmm. you can repress it in a different way or do like a box set or something like that that's awesome point of sale is way higher than like a cd Mm -hmm. well actually i don't know if that's true because cds you can make for like a buck so actually i don't know about that yeah but yeah but buy buy something yeah and and stream it at the same time yeah yeah Yeah, use the cds for your no use the vinyl at home and then stream in the car that's why vinyl's better than cd too because you put a cd in the car yeah 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 just buy a vinyl but never listen to it only listen to spotify (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) chris one more thing we want to do uh before you get you out of here we do this with all of our guests we play a game called this or that Okay, so we're gonna give you two options, and you tell us we're ke- we have a running tally going of um our this or that on how many people have said it. We just kind of started not that long ago. I think um Shane's boy Kevin was the first one to do it. Um, Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> <laughs> he was a he was a blast with it. Anyways, um, <laughs> so we'll go pretty quick, um, and you just tell us which one you think um out of the two options. You ready? Yeah. All right. Chris, uh, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Huh? Yeah, obviously. Cali Mochos. Like, you, red wine and Coke is the best thing ever. <laughs> uh, uh, early or late? Like, you get up early or stay up late? Yeah, always late. Yeah, yeah. you're a band guy. You gotta be up late. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no option for you. <laughs> I'm, like, always up late, but I have to be up early because my kids are horrible, uh, horrible sleepers. Yeah. So. How old are your kids? Um, I have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and an eight-month-old. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, you're not getting any sleep. Yeah, yeah. No, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. And, um, like, the oldest one is autistic, and we're just, we mm-hmm. have not been able to nail down his sleep, so we've been, we're on new meds right now. Oh, jeez, yeah. So we're hoping for just anything later than five would be great. <laughs> five? <laughs> jeez. Um, like I feel like I'm gonna go insane and lose my mind at an early age from sleep <laughs> deprivation. Like I don't know if you can get like a uh, dementia or something, but I'm very afraid of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, cake or pie? Pie, obviously. Man, yeah. Chris, <laughs> yeah, you're right on our wave. Like Chris, when you do tour in Baltimore, we'll take you to a place called Dangerously Delicious Pies, mm-hmm. the best okay. pies you'll ever have on chain, and we'll get you a crab cake. Okay? Yeah. Hell yeah, that sounds you awesome. Let us know. You let us know. <laughs> uh, sweet or salty? Salty. All right. Uh, tea, the tea or coffee? <laughs> tea or coffee? Coffee. Um, life or Monopoly? Oh, Monopoly. Yeah. Wow, that's actually, you're only the second person to say Monopoly. 
What? Really? It's too long, Chris. You don't have all day. You gotta sleep. You got three kids, Chris. You can't play Monopoly. You got time to play Monopoly? There's just a lot on the line with Monopoly. Yeah, that's, that's true. So big, like it's just like adrenaline pumping. Yeah. Uh, you dog- really pissed or really happy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, dogs or cats? Uh, oh. No, you need both. <laughs> well, you you absolutely need both. But you can't pick both. You got a big one. <laughs> I mean, I would do dogs, but our cat died this last summer, and our house needs that cat uh, energy. Okay. You need them both. That's you need, fair. You need cat dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah that <laughs> <laughs> cat dog. And last one, uh, breakfast or dinner? Uh, dinner. Yeah. Fair enough. That's good. I agree with most, most of your answers there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, cool. that's a good thing. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, we should hang out. <laughs> yeah. Not a single person has, has said cake yet. Yeah, obviously. No one said Cake's cake. It's so dry. Uh, yeah. It's... Yeah. I'll, maybe a five year old would say cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're adults. All right, Chris, uh, let everybody know how they can find out more about you, about your band, um, your albums, uh, whatever you want to promote. Let them know. Yeah, you can go to at Fallstar Music on Instagram. And then I think it's Fallstar Music on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, Facetown Records is our label that put out this album. But also Rat Family Records is the crowdfunding mechanism to fund the recording part of that. So we, I run Rat Family Records and we just do Indiegogo Kickstarters to pay for the recordings. So ratfamilyrecords.com and you'll just see us post about that so if you mm-hmm. see rat family records that's what we're doing we're trying to raise money for another album awesome um and i think that's it you can look at our wikipedia but it's kind of wrong in a lot of places <laughs> i'm trying to figure out how to update that but i've tried before and it just switches back so i don't know oh <laughs> you're like i started the band <laughs> <laughs> It, it talks about like this dispute we've had with our with Face Down Records. I was like, there is no never, <laughs> but I can't change it. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. We'll put all those links in our show notes as well. But uh, yeah, man, everyone should go listen to Some Breather. It's awesome. We really like it. So thank you guys. thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review to support the podcast go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.